Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Last episode, we got to hear from Jenny Gracia and Raiden Dionosio and spoke about their adventures. They also told us their stories and their passions. Thank you for being on, and keep us posted on your ventures in the future. Our guest for this episode is Paul Makowitz, and he's going to share his story through service and his passion. He will introduce you to the zero moment of truth and keep you pumped. He's an Army veteran, an entrepreneur, and a speaker. So without further ado, let's get Paul on the show. Well, welcome to the show. Thanks for uh, volunteering to come on here and share some of your story. Yeah, man. Yeah, for sure. I always like uh, meeting more people in our in our odd little our, uh, our odd collection of veterans and especially veteran entrepreneurs. It's a it's a cool, interesting bunch of people that um, are truly like some of my favorite people to be around. So I'm happy yeah. to do it. You never meet the same story twice within that whole pool, too. So it's pretty awesome. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I listen. I was listening to uh, one of your one of your podcasts earlier, just to you know, kind of get a feel for uh, kind of the uh, the process and and how you handle your interview style and everything. And and I was digging it because it's uh, seems very free flowing, very uh, simple, very much more conversational than some of these Q and As that I've spent two hours doing <laughs> that's why I, I kind of just made up those those questions i sent you just to give you an idea of what what i'm looking for so you can just free flow through it most times when i ask someone to tell me their story I actually go through every question that's on my list without me even trying so it's it's pretty like you said simple i like to keep everything simple for both me and my guests yeah yeah for sure i'm in so uh we started already or what are we uh we can go right now. Yeah, yeah intro you got to play, some ads you got to run. <laughs> no, it comes on later. <laughs> nice. So go ahead and if you want to start and just uh, start off your, your story from whatever point you want to through uh, how you chose the Army and then where you are now. Yeah, man, for sure. So uh, first of all, my name is Paul Mackwitz. I am the CEO and founder of Hashtag Smart Marketing. We are based out of... Uh, Los Angeles, California, and basically what we do is manage the entire online presence for multiple professional service industries, mostly law firms, uh, hospitals, CPAs, chiropractors. Uh, we do do a little bit outside of that, but that's really our bread and butter is uh, just making people look really, really good online so that you know they get chosen more often when they're in those conversations. But as far as my story, uh, originally I'm from Buffalo, New York which wow. if anybody that doesn't know, it's up by Niagara Falls. I grew up about 10, 15 minutes from the falls and uh, spent pretty much my entire upbringing there. I uh, went off to college and changed my major four times as a freshman. And uh, so obviously I had no clue what it was I wanted to do. And uh, I was working at Dick's Sporting Goods in the golf department. 
because golf is a bit of a passion of mine that I'm sure we'll get into at some point. But uh, I was selling my army recruiters some golf clubs, talking about having no idea what I want to do with my life. And uh, two months later, I was on a plane heading for uh, Fort Sill, Oklahoma to uh, start basic and AIT. When I finished up, I got stationed in Fort Polk, Louisiana. Is <laughs> not, not not my duty station of choice by uh, by any means. Um, I like to laugh when I think about that wish list that they have you fill out, and you know I was putting I was putting everything in. I mean, I even put uh, you know going up to Watertown, New York, which nobody wants to go up there. And I was like, yo, worst case scenario, I'll, I'll be somewhat close to Buffalo. I can you know still have some semblance of normalcy. But, uh, you know, obviously I put Colorado on it. I put anywhere overseas. I put, you know, Hawaii and uh, and Fort Polk, Louisiana was it. So the backwoods of Louisiana. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I was there for uh, all of maybe two months before I was deployed. And so it would have been end of March 2004. I took off for, uh, for Iraq. And so I was with the second ACR. Um, armored cavalry regiment out of uh out of fort polk and i was a 13 delta which is a computer operator for field artillery so basically uh anybody that's not in in the military industry that's listening to this it's basically uh, you have the scouts and the infantry out there if they need something blown up they call me and i put it into a computer system i judge for uh the drift of the round i judge for uh, precipitation, distance. Uh, I've got some, you know, no fire zones in my computer program. So I basically, am, I'm making sure that we're not blowing up anything that we shouldn't be blowing up, and that our uh, our calls for fire are coming down as accurate as possible, as quick as possible. And so, you know, from call time to first round taken off, you know, could be anywhere from like 45 seconds to two minutes, uh, which is pretty amazing to think about when we're we're firing these huge howitzer rounds uh you know six seven miles downrange here at, at uh some enemy combatants so i spent right. spent a while uh pretty much driving up from kuwait into baghdad and uh blowing up a whole lot of stuff on our way in and then uh i was in Sadr city which is in like the north east corner of baghdad it's kind of the kind of the ghetto of baghdad uh right there at camp marlboro which was a, an abandoned cigarette factory that we took over and, and made our compound. And was uh, was in Iraq for a little over a year. I got extended twice. Um, the last one was was interesting. I got all the way back to Kuwait with my unit, and then they said, well, we got one more convoy that's got to go back up to Marlboro and back. So while my entire unit left, I got to stick around for a little bit longer, um, me, me and a few other guys. So finished that up, came back to Fort Polk, and uh, – I I knew early on that I wasn't re-enlisting. I, I enlisted in the military to kind of figure out what I wanted to do with my life and to get some college money. So when we got back, uh, I informed them that I wasn't re-enlisting and my unit was being moved up to uh, Washington State. So the entire second ACR, or actually, I guess three, um, I guess about three quarters of the second ACR was getting moved up to Washington State. And since I wasn't going, I got to do Joint Readiness Training Force uh, at, at the uh, JRTC in Fort Polk and train the other soldiers that were getting ready to take off and, and head over to Iraq. So I uh, grew as much of a beard as I could at, at 20 years old. 
uh, wore a, a man dress and uh, some Miles gear and uh, played laser tag for about the last year I was in the service, uh, running around screaming with the, what Arabic I could remember and uh, and trying to provide some real good training and uh, you know preparation for these new soldiers that were that were taken off. So uh, I guess after after my military time, I moved to Atlanta. I became a golf pro for a few years. Uh, greatest job in the world. Problem was I just you know couldn't make shit for money doing it <laughs> unless you're playing on Sundays. Uh, being yeah. a golf pro really <laughs> is not the most uh, financially lucrative career you can choose. Uh, but it ended up paying off for me in, in a few ways down the road. Um, I worked for Dick Sporting Goods for a long time in their management and then uh, business development. Eventually got burnt out on that, moved back to New York, ran uh, ran a few people's businesses, uh, went out to New Mexico, opened my own scooter rental company for uh, for a year. Then uh, went back to New York City, got into digital marketing and sales and uh, working with small businesses to you know manage their social media and get them good reviews and, and kind of build up their reputation online so that they had uh, some resources, mostly restaurants, mom and pop businesses. And then I met my future wife and she, we were both about ready to get out of New York City. Anybody that's lived there knows, uh, you know, about a year, year and a half and starts weighing on you. So about that two year mark, I got out, uh, went to Miami. So I worked for a different digital marketing company and uh, building processes and uh, got into the SEO and website design side more. Uh, my uh, girlfriend at the time, wife now, she got her dream job out here in California. And uh, luckily, working in the digital marketing space, you can basically do it anywhere. So I came out here, opened up an office for, for that Miami-based company in California, and eventually decided it was time to stop making money for other people and, and go and, and start my own company. You know, I always kind of had the itch between running other people's companies and uh, my own scooter rental company and, and some of these kind of skills and, and pieces that I picked up along the way, um, they all translated really well into developing my own digital marketing company and, and finding ways to differentiate ourselves and really, uh, and really do quality work. Uh, you know, that's the problem with the, the marketing space, especially the digital marketing spaces. There's a lot of shitty companies out there. So, uh, actually doing really quality work and being able to display ROI and being able to, uh, you know, really take some of these, uh, particularly like law firms and doctors and, and take some of these businesses that didn't realize how important uh, the internet was to their business and, you know, show them an entire brand new revenue stream that is is carrying their businesses now. So that's, that's probably my, my favorite part of doing what I do is just watching uh, business owners. And I do, I work with a ton of veteran owned businesses too, um, especially a few different veteran owned law firms to just you know drag them out of uh, out of the stone age and, and into the digital world here and um, and it's fantastic I, I truly love what I do I love the people that I work with I love the results that we get for them and I love the uh, the freedom and growth that's allowed me to experience you know professionally and personally so that's that's the the quick version that's pretty good though you, like I said before you already knocked out two of the questions with the, with one answer that's pretty <laughs> awesome. And I think it's awesome uh, that you, your aha moment that it happened naturally, basically for you. It was a, a need base, and you already had learned a lot on the way to your uh, where you are now. So in LA now, are you a 
you guys you work out of your house or do you actually have a space that you use? You know what? Uh, so we opened in October 2019. And initially I was like, well, you know, I'll launch this from here. Um, I mean, the, the months leading up to that, I've been working with some developers to, to build out our dashboard and, and build out the actual company that I was going to launch. But so when we launched in October 2019, I started working with restaurants. And okay. uh, yeah, so it was great um, until COVID hit, you know, a few months later. And, and those restaurants, uh, you know, weren't, weren't a viable vertical for us anymore. And so that's when I transitioned uh, more directly to the professional services side because it was a still operating industry for one. Uh, and also there's, there's a huge, huge need there. There's not a whole lot of good marketing companies over there that can, you know, really build custom campaigns for people. So uh, was working from home uh, to start the company and through the first few months of COVID and anybody that knows anything about California, it's, um, it's, it's pretty crazy out here in all honesty. Uh, the, the COVID situation was much worse, I feel, out here than it was in, in most of the country, um, especially considering having a lot of friends in New York City, like they went through it too. I think we experienced a little bit similar to them. Um, I know you're out in Tennessee, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, so I yeah, I went out and visited some family in like South Carolina and North Carolina. And, you know, it. there's definitely restrictions and, you know, people were taking it seriously, but not like, not like California was. Um, California literally closed everything. You couldn't, you can't do it, couldn't do anything. In a lot of places, you still can't do anything out here. So um, I'm not a work from home person and I saw it as temporary. And even just, you know, I slugged through it the first um, first few months of COVID, but eventually I was, you know, I, I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, that's about when I got involved in Bunker Labs. I know that, uh, you know, you, you've got some affiliation with them as well. And I, I love that community and and absolutely yeah. loved kind of um, growing my business with them. It's, it's one of the reasons we grew so fast. Um, and with Bunker Labs, I, uh, I did a little little research here and kind of found the right people to talk to and eventually got a, a really nice discount at the WeWork that uh, Bunker Labs LA should have been operating out of. But because of COVID, they, you know, disbanded kind of that, that the in-person part of the Bunker Labs uh, program. And I basically slid right in and, uh, and got myself a WeWork in, you know, June, July timeframe. <laughs> so while everybody was moving out, I was the only one moving in. And, uh, and, and so me and my, you know, we don't have a real big team here, but, um, you know, me and my team, we, we slid in here. It's actually very nice. There's still not a whole lot of people here at Bunker Labs. I'm, I'm recording this from an office and, you know, don't have to worry too much about surround sound or, or about, uh, some background noise because there's just still not a whole lot of people here. Um, so as far as working from home or office, I am not a work at home person. I'm definitely a work in the office, uh, type, um, and I think I'll always be that way. I, I can't imagine wanting to work from home. I, I get distracted too easily. You know, there's there's too much there to do. <laughs> oh, squirrel. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly how I am. I'm like, what? Oh, the kitchen's not clean. I got to get over there. I got to uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll clean the porch today. Let's let's do this. So <laughs> yeah, mine's my dog. I wind up playing with them more when I'm actually working at home. So kind of takes down some some of the productivity, but. Uh, uh, like you said, some people can do it. Some people really can't, and they need that. They need that kind of structure of the office to keep them kind of focused. I guess would be a good word for it. Yeah, I think a, a big part of of 
owning your own business and all that is understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are. And, you know, I, I have an adorable dog. It's about two years old and she's the, the sweetest thing ever, but she will come and sit right next to me, look up at me, whimper every once in a while, like you're home. Why aren't you playing with me? And like, yeah, I, I just can't go through that day after day. Right. <laughs> all day long. <laughs> yeah. No, it never stops. It really never stops. She's adorable. I love her to love her to pieces, but no, she's got to get the hell away from me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and, and it works out really, really well for us. Um, being up here, WeWork is actually, uh, they're, they're for as much you know crap as we heard about them and their organization and everything, they have been absolutely fantastic to us as far as being a veteran-owned business and taking great care of us and you know getting us some good discounts on, on what we do and uh, additional services. So a little shout-out to WeWork here as well. Outstanding. I've seen them popping up everywhere. There's uh, one in Nashville, I think. Of course, Bumper Labs, I think, used that too there before the monsters got shut down here. So they are a good, organization, a good uh, business model to help out, especially smaller businesses as they're growing. So if you don't mind, explain explain to the audience what the zero moment of truth is. Uh, yes, it's a great question. Great lead-in. Uh, that's what I do most of my talks on. And uh, the zero moment of truth, the, the best way to sum it up is, is marketing was always a really like a three-step process it was awareness so you know people got to know you know who you are then there was the shelf or the actual like buying moment uh, which would be like the first moment of truth where you know you get to the grocery store you look at all the different you know boxes of cereal and and you decide which one you're taking home and then you make that purchase and that's when you get into that third stage which was the experience you know i these lucky charms were amazing i love them i'll buy them again you know maybe these cocoa puffs suck never again you know, you, you make that determination at that point. And then that's how marketing has always been seen. And then we got this amazing thing called the internet, which, which sprung up on us. And uh, it really introduced an entire new stage in the marketing process, which is called the zero moment of truth. Now, I wish I could claim claim ownership for, uh, you know, coining this term, but it was actually Google. They came out of the Google think tank back in, uh, like, right around 2010. They released quite a bit of... of um, content about it and kind of trainings on it. And, uh, but it didn't really pick up steam until recently. And COVID has just exacerbated this. I mean, everybody understands that they have to be online now. It actually makes my job so much easier. Just, you know, I don't have to talk to, you know, say a law firm again and say like, you should have a Facebook page. Like they, they know it now at this point, like we've gotten to that point, but what the zero moment of truth is, is that's the comparison stage. That's why there's, uh, you know, um, star ratings all over Amazon. Like when, when the internet first came out and people thought about Amazon, they didn't think e-commerce was really a thing because, you know, how, how are you going to, you know, generate this much content about this many products and this, you know, how are you going to build out all of this stuff and, and sell all these things? But one of the big keys to Amazon and really Yelp and even Google, Facebook was giving the users the ability to generate the content. And it, it overall benefiting the, uh, you know, the platform that you're on. So one of the biggest things Amazon did was having star ratings and making it uh, you a bit able to rate and review the purchases that you have and, you know, how they built out that system. That system directly impacts the zero moment of truth. It's that comparison moment. And now we saw it initially in the internet through products and, um, and like digital services and, and things like that. And now it has swung really hard into the direction of brick and mortar and professional services, you know, obviously restaurants. That's why we started with them first. They live and die by, you know, their Yelp score. 
their Google business listing, their score, you know, um, their Facebook, how much community that you're building around. So now if you think about how this marketing process is now, we still have like an awareness phase where, you know, you got to learn about who a business is and that could come in all sorts of forms. You know, we, we don't really have those, those backyard barbecues anymore where we talk to each other and say, Hey, like, you know, do you have a good lawyer? All of that shit happens online. So uh, the zero moment of truth is this comparison moment where I'm aware of your business uh, either through a Google search or maybe I saw your billboard or I saw a print ad. And then I type you into Google and everything that comes up and the emotional connection or the, the emotional response really that I have to what I find is impacting directly whether I'm going to choose you um, as you know to stick with the law firm vein here, whether I'm going to choose you as my attorney or I'm going to choose somebody else. And where a lot of businesses get this wrong is they're often thinking about just awareness and conversion, awareness and conversion, but they're not taking that step to think about the comparison step, this huge zero moment of truth where I'm looking at 30 attorneys and I can see real quick how, you know, hundreds of people feel about the experience they had with them. And so optimizing for the zero moment of truth comes in, in a few different ways. It's, you know, building community around your brand on social media, because if I, you know, I see a commercial for something and I look it up, like their Facebook page is probably going to be one of the first things that pops up or, you know, maybe their Instagram page. And then when I go to that page, if, if it looks good, if I'm seeing lots of comments, lots of likes, you know, lots of followers, I immediately am going to think hot, more uh, positively about that business. Uh, if I, you know, search for, uh, to think even with voice search and and how important that is and how that's starting to impact the zero moment of truth, I can say like, Hey Google, you know, find me a law firm in the area. You know, uh, Alexa, order me. Uh, oh shit, Alexa, listen to me. Hang on, I forgot to turn her off <laughs> as it's popping up. It's like what? Um, so yeah, I mean, even, even as voice search is coming along, I mean, this is more and more things that are impacting the zero moment of truth that businesses, honestly, ninety-five of them are not prepared for in any way. Um, there's even one law firm that was spending about eighty grand a month on pay-per-click advertising, which is I mean, awesome. Oh, wow. Like spend that money. If, if it's generating new business, spend that money. The problem was they were a 3.5 on Yelp and I think like a 3.7 on Google. So now, so now I, you know, I search personal injury attorney, Los Angeles. I see their ad pop up right underneath it. I see their map listing. And then I see four other law firms that have, uh, they have better ratings and reviews than you do. So all that, all that $80,000 did was basically, uh, pay for me to choose your competitor. And, and if people aren't paying attention to that and they're not like optimizing for that, that moment of comparison, then you know, your marketing dollars as a whole is really being wasted and not, you know, not doing a whole lot for you. So that's, that's basically zero moment of truth is that first step that I take with clients of making sure that before we even get them in the conversation of whether, you know, people should choose you as the attorney or not, it's making sure that when you are in that conversation, that you're the top choice or you're at least one of the top few choices in it. Um, otherwise, again, it's, you know, it, it's wasted efforts. Definitely. That, that's a great explanation. But I think the audience will understand it a lot better than me just writing zero moment of truth in the byline of the podcast. That was one of my majors when I first started college was marketing. And I wound up in emergency management after that, uh, after many, many years of thinking to go back to school. Yeah, the, the marketing world is fun. It's it's crazy. It's a little bit of the wild, wild west still. Um, and there there are a lot of 
uh, we'll say there are a lot of hoops you got to jump for jump through like for one uh, like attorneys in florida i got a few clients in florida and you know a year ago two years ago i was running you know facebook ads for them you know not not like targeted ads but you know general awareness coca-cola advertising showing up in the newsfeed a few times type ads and now the like the state bar of florida uh, requires all social media advertisements to be cleared by the state bar before they can be run. Yeah. Wow. So needless to say, I'm not running any social ads in Florida anymore. Um, but, but that's, that's like the type of stuff that you have to like deal with in, in being in the marketing world. Um, so, you know, I, I certainly understand because there's no barrier of entry. Like if you wanted to tomorrow, you could open your own marketing company and say, Hey, we're marketers. You know, there's, there's not really any, um, you know, any certification, anything that you, you're really looking for. So uh, one of the big reasons that I uh, you know, jumped two feet into this industry is just because there are so many bad marketing companies out there that aren't doing anything. And really uh, the fact that we've, we've never lost a client outside of restaurants who had to close during COVID, um, that really speaks to the fact that, you know, if you know what you're doing, you look, you know, light years better than, any of these other marketing companies that have been out there because, you know, they're not paying attention to the trends. They're not, you know, they're not students of the game, which, you know, even being in your industry, I'm sure like there's, there's a level of technical knowledge and a level of, of understanding, you know, <laughs> the, the new changes that are going on that, you know, that most other people don't, but you actually get to go through like a certification for it. You know, <laughs> you can't just show up and do it. Whereas the marketing world, you can. So yeah. it's, it's a very interesting industry to be in. Uh, but I think it's also the easiest of the industries to really differentiate yourself and and show clients why you're you know why you're you should be that choice you know at that zero moment of truth. I mean, just just going to your hashtag smart.com website, first thing you see is the brain moving around. That that lured me. I keep looking at it. I was looking at it for about an hour before I was doing the work. That's I'm just saying, the brain right now is locked in on this website. This is pretty that's, cool. So kind of that's that's the real reason it's there i just hypnotize people uh, in, in a few minutes actually the credit card prompt just pops up you just enter your card and piece. <laughs> yeah oh, great great good um yeah i uh i actually designed our own website like i do i enjoy website design i enjoy the psychology behind it and like thinking about what, what people are experiencing as they're going through this um I don't do a whole lot of website design anymore because I have people to do that. And, um, and it, it, it's one of those things that, you know, the time, the time I need to invest into it to really, you know, make it come out the way I want. Um, that it, it's just not beneficial to my business for me to, to spend that much time doing it anymore. But uh, I do love when I get to a nice website and, you know, it's, it's an experience if it's done well and, and I think that's really important. I think that's the direction websites going to continue to go is, you know, more interactive, more, um, you know, more of an engrossing experience. And, uh, you know, people have to, people have to kind of realize that like the cookie cutter stuff of the internet past is not going to last that much longer, you know, um, between machine learning, between voice search, between, you know, uh, all these brand new platforms and programs that people can use. I mean, things, if you're not ready to change and adapt and adjust and, you know, pull it back to kind of like the, the military side of things. I think that's one of the biggest things I learned in the military is, you know, fucking, uh, you adapt and overcome every day. There, there is no failure. There is no, 
you know, I, I didn't get it done. It's, you know, yes, sir. Done. I'll be, I'll get it done right now. So. Just keep pushing forward at all times. You never accept defeat. And that's what I think you, I think you got the, you fit the nail on the head all with everything you're doing right now. It's awesome. I, I really appreciate it, man. We, we, we work hard up here. I think, uh, I think that's one of the, the biggest calling cards that we have. You know, you, you call us at nine o'clock at night, chances are we're going to answer. If not, you know, myself or my team will be texting you back, you know, letting you know, Hey, you know, what do you need? Finding some way to always keep that line of communication open and always be available for our clients. Because if you're, if you're not, um, if your clients is, aren't your main focus uh, as a business owner today, especially in the marketing space, you're doing it wrong. Period. Right. And like with my job, we, we have a policy that we don't say no to any of the client. I work on base. So anytime a soldier comes in and asks for something, no matter how off the wall it is that they want to get trained on, we say yes, just to keep them engaged with us and keep us employed basically. So I I understand that fully. Yeah. And it's a, it's a level of customer service too, which, uh, I mean, there's so many options out there for marketing companies. Um, I mean, there's so many options for just about anything. I mean, you could you could google google car mechanic in my area and probably get like 15 options you know what what's going to be that reason that i decide on one over another uh, me personally i like i look for a lot of veteran owned businesses to work with uh, my website designer is a former vet himself you know one of my sales guys is a former is a is a vet um so it's i i I think that the the psychology behind buying is really making some big big changes right now and uh the technology is, is the thing that's pushing that forward. It's great. It's great to just live in this exciting world right now of chaos and, and technology and just constant exponential growth at every turn that you're looking at. Things are, things are going crazy in our world right now. And it's fantastic in so many ways. Yeah. It's just, just like you said, if you can adapt change, the world right now is amazing. The, the, the positive things going on in the world are amazing and makes everything awesome. You know, technology, AI with drones and everything like that going on. It, it's just outstanding to see how technology is, is moved way beyond where it was when I was starting in the military. Even when I ended the military in 2015, it's things in the military have grown exponentially in that time technologically. And I just love watching it, how it happens with everything, both on the civilian sector and military sector. You know, that that might be fun to like just head back to a military base and, and watch how things have changed. Because when I was in, uh, I was in for 02 to 05. So um, was that right? Oh, yeah, 02 to 05. So you're doing the math in my head now, having to think. Um, but some of the the technology that we were using at that time, especially considering like I was a computer operator, uh, my computer is probably older than I was. I'm quite sure it was older than I was. So uh, I, I would love to, you know, jump into a Paladin nowadays and, and take a look at the systems that are in there. And because uh, basically what what I did um, was completely phased out not too long after I got out, because things went to to the Paladins as opposed to the uh, the towable howitzers. So uh, I might have to set that up. I might have to go and see see who I what contacts I still have just to get on a base again. Go check it out. They just drive down the road to NTC and check some yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, I, I could. 
Yeah, I have, I have a partner out there. I can hook you. That's up. what I'm talking about. See, that's what the that's what this network's about. That's what these podcasts are about, right? <laughs> you you hook me up so I can go blow blow some shit up again. At least see it happen. <laughs> yeah. Man. And- All right. So, are there any other veteran organizations besides Bunker Labs that uh, you've worked with? Uh, been able to help you out as you started the growth. Yeah, one one of the ones I'd love to give a little shout out to is um Veterati, which is yeah, Veterati's oh, awesome. Yeah. I've I've dipped into that network a few times. Um and I, I think I'm about to transition in it a little bit to more being on the mentor side as opposed to like the mentee side. Um when I was on the mentee side, it was mostly uh you know, I'm always looking for inspiration. I'm always looking for for ideas. I'm a I'm a pretty avid reader. Um, whether it's sometimes it's physical books, most of it's audible, um, a lot about business books. And, um, and I guess I, I would want to put, plug this out there too. Not that it's a veteran resource, but, uh, some of the best books that I have found as far as, uh, really helping me wrap my head around all of the different aspects of entrepreneurship is the, the series by, um, Mike McCallowitz is the guy's name. And he wrote some books called like the pumpkin plan and profit first and clockwork and fix this next. And, but it's, it's really nice that you, you can actually like grow through his series and like pumpkin plans about like starting the business and profit first is like the financial side and fix this next is about like systems. And yeah, so it's, it's kind of a, an all encompassing uh, kind of group, but actually I got hooked onto the Mike McCallum stuff from somebody at Veterati who said, Hey, like you start your business. I find this is a great resource pass that resource on to me. Um, and I, you know, I would definitely recommend it to everybody else that's out there uh, thinking about that entrepreneurship side. Uh, I also, I am a member of the American Legion. Uh, don't go too often, but um, same with the VFW out here in Hollywood, which is, I didn't even realize, I think it's the oldest VFW that there is maybe, or maybe it's something. I think that's either the oldest or second. Yeah, oldest something like LA. something along those lines, and um, and uh, they were doing some really cool stuff over COVID since um since all the movie theaters closed down and we were in Hollywood, California. Uh, they were they were showing movies on like a sidewall. Uh, yeah, so that was really cool. You could pull up in your car and and watch the movies. So they they were doing some really really cool stuff. Um, obviously bunker labs is an amazing community that I would highly recommend any veteran entrepreneur to, to look into and to get involved in, uh, outside of that, um, that might be it right now, but I also, uh, in complete transparency, I didn't have the greatest military experience on my, my separation. Like I, um, I got out and I, I, you know, started going to school and, based off of like what my army contract said for like my, my army college fund and my GI bill and all that. Like I, I was ballparking that I'd have, you know, right around like 65 ish grand for college. And, uh, and I got my first reimbursement check from, uh, <laughs> from the VA and uh, it was about half of what I expected it to be. Yeah. <laughs> so immediately, obviously I called them up and I was like, Hey, what's going on here? Like, did you guys only pay me for half the month or <laughs> Uh, and I'll never forget this sweet Southern woman's voice. And I was living in Atlanta at the time. And she was like, you know what, soldier? I'm sorry. You're not the first one that I've told. You won't be the last. But, you know, you're misled by your military contract. And your Army College Fund total is actually the combination between GI Bill and Army College Fund. And, and 
you know, so obviously I went off on her. I went off on a few other, uh, few other members of the military that had some, uh, had some metal on their, sh- on their shoulder. <laughs> I was out. I didn't care anymore. Um, but you know, after fighting it for about five years, eventually, uh, uh, an allotment of money was added into the defense budget for that year to cover people who had contracts similar to me. And so, at, you know, after fighting it for so long, uh, the, the military basically just cut me a check for, um, it actually ended up being DFAS because DFAS was like, well, we can't release the money unless the VA tells us. And the VA is like, we don't have money because DFAS has an a lot of reward. To and so they're just sending me back and forth. But, but eventually I finally get a letter that's like, Hey, you know what? We're sorry. You were right. We added this money into the defense budget to cover people under your situation. Here's a check for $28,000. And I was like, huh. Well, so you know, it, it took a while. It took like five years. Uh, you know, I left that school and went to a different school and, you know, it, it definitely set my career back a little bit, but uh, between that and you know, dealing with the VA hospitals and, and things like that, I didn't have a real, um, a real positive experience um, or positive, you know, feeling even going forward. And it wasn't until the last, uh, last about two years that I really started opening myself up to, you know, the opportunity of, of networking with my veterans and reaching out to some of my old battle buddies and, uh, you know, getting involved in that community a bit more. So, um, I've, I've leaned into it a lot now, um, between, you know, Veterati, Bunker Labs, American Legions, VFWs. Um, and, Oh, there's also one more too, actually, while I'm thinking about it, which is the, um, we work out together over, a. a like a zoom meeting every Wednesday. I can't think of. Say that again? No, Team it's red, white, blue. Team red, white, blue. It's um, something MVP. I don't remember what the, what the, Oh, uh, I'm going to have to find it and that. shoot it over to you now because uh, it's probably in like my personal e- email inbox. This is, this is excellent entertainment of me checking my emails now looking for, uh, <laughs> looking for the name. The name of this group. Um, let's see. Here we go. Uh, it is oh the vets and players. Um, yeah, uh, Denver Morris at the. It, so it's, I'm part of the MVP West Coast, which is uh, the vets and players. It is um, basically uh, military veterans and professional athletes, and and yeah, you do some cool oh, stuff with okay. them. Um, I've signed up to play in some golf tournaments with them and um, I've signed up to play with their, they've got like kind of golf leagues and they do workouts together and things like that. But it's uh, yeah, it's the vets and players. And I believe it's just vets and players.org, but let me check it for you here real quick. And yeah. And this was, yep. Yeah. Merging vets and players MVP. Um, very cool little program. Uh, and it's, it's run by, um, a guy who's on, uh, Jay Glazer. That's his name. It's run by Jay. Jay Glazer is one of the big people that is, is in, um, a big part of running it. And it's, it's just very cool. Um, anything from, uh, I know they did like a Lego masters, uh, like gift set for veterans that Will Arnett was at. Um, that's, that's my, my guilty pleasure TV show is Lego masters. <laughs> I like building shit. Okay. Um, so, 
but yeah, yeah. Anyway, MVP, very, very cool organization. Uh, but yeah, with, with the last two years, I've just been finally starting to get involved in this community and, and, you know, I regret not getting more involved earlier and, and really, um, you know, getting to, to spend time with people that understand some of the craziness that you went through, you know, in your late teens, early twenties and, and, uh, you know, come together for some good causes. And so like you got out in 2005 ish and I got out in 2015. So by the time I got out, you were really pushed basically you're straight. You had to go to the VA basically to clear. So they knew that we were going through the process correctly to get everything done. After I got out, they were doing it on base doing the VA. So transition uh, your heart, your heartburn with them to get you uh, squared away. And uh, going all the way back to Vietnam, the Vietnam vets, they went through a lot more than either of us have went through with their term and their transition. But their hard work has laid the groundwork for, for you and then, of course, for me later. And now the soldiers and sailors and Marines getting out now, it's getting, I guess, I wouldn't say exponentially, but a lot better than it was. And each brick that they knock down to make it easier is is better for everyone. Yeah, I, I literally don't have any ill will towards, my, towards the military or, or – or anything that they're doing now. I think that, you know, kind of with, with everything in, in the government, you know, there's just a lot of, you know, red tape. There's a lot of kind of uh, unnecessary uh, hoops you got to jump through, we'll say. Uh, but I, I, I also think that they're figuring it out. Yes. You know, they're, they're a, a modern organization just like any other. And, um, you know, it may take a little bit longer, but they're, you know, I, I know that, the overall uh, feeling towards soldiers. I mean, I can't imagine when, what it would have been like being like a Vietnam vet and coming home and people not being uh, supportive of your service and, and what you do. Um, you know, well, I think there's still a lot of room to grow. I do think that our veterans are, are really, we're, we're getting the, the acknowledgements and, and the, uh, and, it feels good. It honestly, like, I think that's probably one of the things that brought me back into the community too, was being like, you know what? We did do something really important. We really did, you know, the, the work we did made the lives of you know, countless people much better. You know, it, it's not always a bad thing. And, and that was something I, I truly had a hard time wrap, wrapping my head around for a while. Well, I, there's a lot of veterans that had that same thing there. They, once they closed the door in that chapter, they really closed the door and they didn't want to think about it until they ran into someone that they actually served with later down the line. Maybe they met him for a beer or something. And they started talking like they never <laughs> left that door before. And all of a sudden that door was wide open and now they're celebrating it and it's spread throughout the community, the the tribes that are all throughout the country now. Yeah, man. No, you're right. You're right. This feels like a therapy session. Like what, what's uh. <laughs> yeah you can just you just, just uh invoice me just shoot it over let me know what i owe you <laughs> so if you can give advice to an aspiring transition veteran or even a spouse that's uh right alongside their serving uh spouse right now if they want to start a business uh, what would that well, be? I, first and foremost i would say get involved with bunker labs because one of the things that surprised me about that was how uh, it really catered to all levels of business. Uh, when I, by the time I got involved, we were already, you know, doing, doing pretty well and growing pretty fast. And, uh, it felt really nice to be able to help some of these guys that were literally just starting out. You know, I, I got involved in the program 
after our company had been open for probably about eight months or so. Uh, but I had been running businesses. I had been running digital marketing campaigns. I'd been, you know, uh, executive level in other digital marketing companies. So I, I had a, a lot of knowledge coming into what I was doing. And a lot of these people uh, that are involved in the program, they, they don't, they kind of, they have a passion. They know that they want to do something, but they really need the guidance in it. And uh, with the bunker labs, I grew so much, not only in, you know, finding some good mentors and some good uh, opportunities, but actually in helping others. And, you know, I, I, they say the, the best way to learn something is to teach somebody else. It. I, I feel like I got better at what I do just by helping others, uh, you know, really wrap their head around what it's like to, to run a business now with digital marketing and, and how beneficial it can be and, and kind of the vast amount of opportunity that's out there in the digital world. Uh, so that would be my first thing I would say is, is get involved in, in your veteran community for it because there's so many good, good resources out there. The next thing I would say is educate yourself, uh, not only on what you do, but on how you're going to turn it into, you know, a hundred locations. One of the biggest things I've seen with entrepreneurs is, and and especially veteran entrepreneurs, because, you know, those veterans were much more likely to be entrepreneurs than your average person. So, uh, and I feel like a lot of, a lot of military uh, veterans fall into that because, you know, we, uh, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's because we're a little crazy. Maybe it's because we're, we're, we're willing to take risks. Maybe it's because we're, uh, you know, I think it's probably because we're all a little out there a little bit, <laughs> maybe not all there. Um but but with that, um, I saw through the Bunker Labs community a lot of people that had a passion about something and they wanted to you know build their career around it and doing that uh, through opening their own business. But then they were uh, they were bottlenecking themselves and they were really limiting themselves to the amount of work that they could get done in a day and. As an entrepreneur, not not just being as a veteran entrepreneur, but I say as, as being an entrepreneur in general, your business will never grow if you're doing all the work. And the only way to really grow to the level where you can start like bringing in people and hiring people uh, is you know get a few clients under your belt, get a few steady orders going on to the level that you can handle. And uh, I'm a huge advocate for virtual assistants. I use a few of them uh, and they're really not very expensive. You can hire virtual assistants for maybe like 500, 600 bucks a month and just have them do some like the little minutia BS that you got to do, you know, find, find the right people that you can build the system and hand that system off to someone. Um, And that I think is the key to, to growing your business as an entrepreneur is building systems and handing them off to, to people and training them to do that system, how you would want to do it. Because, Again, if you're working in your business and you're not working on your business, and that's that's the biggest growth stifler. I don't know if that's a word, stifler. That's the biggest thing I see stifle growth uh, for business owners out there. That's that's great advice. Both points are great advice there, and I, I hope people heed the advice that they're getting from all my guests that I've had since the I posted on the Bumper Labs. Everyone's given some pretty good tidbits of advice. Uh, and uh, yours is spot on with what, what they need to do to be successful. Well, Paul, I appreciate you taking your time out of your day in, in sunny California to be with me. Uh, is there anything you, 
if you want to put out your links, I have your links. I'm going to put them on the on the site when I post publish this the the show. If you want to put them out now or give a shout out to anyone, yeah, though we'll, uh, right we'll we'll throw my links out there. Um, our website, the best way to get to our website, you can actually go to Zmot Expert and it'll redirect you right over to our website. Um, and that's just Z M O T E X P E R T dot com. Zmot Expert will get you to us if you see a, a giant floating brain. You know you're in the right place. <laughs> Uh, our, our Instagram, we're, we're, pr- I'm pretty active over on Instagram. Um, and that's just ha- the word hashtag smart marketing. Uh, so that's our handle over there. We're obviously on Facebook. We're on LinkedIn. Um, I'm usually on LinkedIn a, a decent bit. So you can always find me over there. It's Paul Makowitz, M-A-C-K-I-E-W-I-C-Z. Should I go phonetic on that? I like throwing it out there for clients every once in a while. Um, <laughs> I know, I'd have to like pull it all back now. That's Mike Alpha Charlie Kilo India Echo Whiskey India Charlie Zulu. There you go. There you go. Still got it. Um, uh, and um, if there's anywhere else to connect with me, Instagram is honestly that's probably the, the first place I'll see it. So if you hit us up, hashtag Smart Marketing on Instagram. Okay, uh, that'll get to me quick. But um, I'm also on LinkedIn a decent bit too. Oh, oh awesome. I got I got one one last thing oh, though okay. here. Um, go Buffalo Bills, go Bills. Yeah, man, I can I can talk about football all day. That's the other types of podcasts mm-hmm. that I end up doing every once in a while. Let's <laughs> talk about football. Once, once the draft goes, we yeah, can get sounds on good, together man. again and talk about that. And if you have anyone you think that would be good on the show, just yeah. send them yeah, all the way. Yeah, sounds good. I got right a nice little, right, nice little mastermind group that I'm always bringing these types of things to. So I'll be sure. Awesome. And I appreciate it. Well, I Thanks, guess it was great team. having Bye. you and have a great day. Well, that is another great episode. Paul, it was great chatting with you and giving us a chance to learn about your story and, of course, your passion. We appreciate you for taking the time to come on and share your story. As always, thanks for taking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. We appreciate you. Till next time, be humble. Stay hungry and keep hustling. We are the Misfit Nation.